This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Hey everybody, welcome back to Silver and Black today from the NFL Combine. Thanks for being with me, Scott Goldbranson, along with Mo Moten here, and uh, we got lots to talk about. Mo, uh, I know you've been you've been covering the Combine from your lair, right? Correct. You're uh, you're doing okay there on your own. Yeah, just uh, keeping up with all the uh, combine news and information coming out. Yeah. No uh, Round the league stuff is just uh, it's a lot going on. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, being in the middle of it, it's it's quite the spectacle watching uh, everybody fend for themselves over players and coaches. Of course, uh, on on Wednesday, uh, we or excuse me, on Tuesday we saw coaches, GMs. Got some time with uh, Tom Telesco, who talked about the Raiders. He talked about Josh Jacobs. So we'll dive into that a little bit uh, from here because that news is broken. Also, do us a favor. Make sure if you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do so wherever you get your audio. Just look for Silver and Black today. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. Uh, Subscribe there as well. Hit that notifications bell and give us a thumbs up. But, Mo, yesterday Tom Telesco spoke to the media. He talked about a couple key issues. One was uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Uh, they, they he keeps reasserting, unlike the Giants, who the other day said that they didn't take the tag off the table with their own running back, which is Saquon Barkley. But with the Raiders, uh, they are saying that no, we want to try to work out a deal with him, uh, and this falls in line with what we talked about on the last show. And you and you uh, wrote a story up on Sports Not About, which was about the fact that it, it's it's likely that they try to sign him. Uh, and, and he said, hey, you know, we're going to do what we can to to go after Josh Jacobs and bring him back to the silver and black. So hopefully they have a couple weeks to do that before free agents, uh, agency officially starts. And clearly, um, you know, I'm sure his people are having conversations here at this meeting in Indianapolis, uh, but uh, it looks good. They're going to make their best, their best effort to bring Josh Jacobs back to Las Vegas. Yeah. As I've been saying the past couple of weeks, I thought it was a poss- strong possibility that he is back. And I got the sense of that because of the fact where the Raiders are, where they're going. It's mm. they're not. I said this on the X yesterday on 
Tuesday that this is not a team that's going to completely deconstruct their roster. Yes, they do have needs at quarterback across the offensive line. I think they need another defensive lineman at defensive tackle. Another cornerback would do, but they're not going to uh, start over, and so to speak. So, and I get running backs drop off after a certain age. I understand the analytics of it. I understand not paying a running back big money because you could spend that in other places. I get all of that. But as I pointed out in the sports not piece, that it's it's important to understand that when you're building a football team, you technically want leadership, right? You want leadership at different positions. And Josh Jacobs was a captain on that team over the past you know, year or so when he was appointed by the players at the end of the 2022 season. AP, when he took over the team, that offense was – Josh Jacobs was the focal point of that offense. And if you listen to AP talk, he wants a physical football team. If you listen to Tom Telesco, he wants multiple running backs. So I expect Josh Jacobs to be – to be back, I think there's a strong possibility he is back, but not handling 15 to 20 carries. I think it'll be more of an even split between him and Zamir White. Yeah, we've we've actually seen a lot of that discussed here as I went uh, podium to podium on Tuesday with coaches and GMs. Uh, that was the underlying thought. Of course, that also relates to the fact that there's a big free agent market out there and teams don't want to overpay for, for running backs, and they're not going to. So they, they all talked about, we saw it in Baltimore, uh, talking about the situation there, saying, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have this, this committee of running backs. And we saw it, too, uh, with the Chargers. Obviously, they're, they're letting Austin Eckler go into the free agent pool. So, so that seems to be the prevailing thought here. The other thing that Tom Telesco talked about, and, and uh, he, he talked about getting to know the team, right, getting to know the race team. And we put up a clip on Tuesday where he talked about what surprised him, and he talked about the fact that, how tough the Raiders team was down the stretch after Antonio Pierce took over and the kind of mental toughness getting through the adversity they went through and then playing pretty well over the last nine games. So that was one thing you mentioned. The other thing was he was asked, of course, the talk of the combine for the Raiders continues to be the quarterback position. What are they going to do? Are they going to move up? Prevailing thought in talking to folks here around the league is yes, they're going to do their best to do it. Doesn't mean they will. They're going to try though. And when Telesco was asked about what he's looking for in a quarterback, he said two things, Mo, primarily. And it wasn't a big arm. It wasn't mobility. It was, it was toughness and leadership, right, which are, are both qualities you do need from a quarterback. So when you, when you see comments on that, it's not really uh, directional. It's not like, oh, that tells us which guy they like, right? But uh, I think it, it, it shows that the mentality, we can get caught up in evaluating players based on uh, how they throw the ball, how they move in the pocket, whatever their strengths or weaknesses are. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Raiders are looking at a quarterback, whether he be a veteran or a rookie, who's going to be tough and is going to be somebody who's going to come in and command that huddle immediately. It's kind of similar to what Dave Ziggler talked about with the Nick up tangibles of yep. Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I mm -hmm. think Dave Ziggler pointed that out after they drafted him, uh, O'Connell, in the fourth round that, it wasn't about it wasn't so much about what he could do on the field, but his neck up with his mentality, his his uh his attitude in the huddle. Mm -hmm. He's able to command the huddle. I think that's something that's overlooked when we talk about quarterback prospects. But apparently, not apparently, I think most teams look for that in a quarterback because it is a leadership position. Yeah. Guys have to look to that guy when you know you're driving down the field in the fourth quarter and be able to believe in that guy getting you down the field. So it is an important trait and quality. But it, as you said, doesn't really tell us what you know who they're leaning toward. And I think Telesco 
did a good job of doing the whole GM speak where he didn't, he said a lot and didn't say much of anything. <laughs> Correct. And, and they all do it. Uh, believe me, there, you know, there were some that were a little more forward depending on their teams and their situations. And you can understand that every situation is different, but, but I, I continue to hear the discussion here and, and from, from media from around the league that uh, they all believe that the Raiders are making the play for Jaden Daniels based on the relationship with Antonio Pierce. And so we'll see, that means they would have to get to that third spot. We've talked about for a couple of weeks here, Mo uh, with the Patriots. So, so, you know, who knows what'll happen and if they're able to do that, but by and large, everyone, and I know not all, all fans agree, but everyone here agrees that the Raiders need to figure out the quarterback position. Yes, they have other needs. There's no question. And we'll talk about some of those as well, but um, uh, all eyes are on that. You would expect it. We'll see uh, who who they look at. Obviously, Daniels, May, and Williams are not throwing at the combine. They're not going to work out here. They're going to have their own pro days and do that there. But what was interesting, and we talked about this before, but like the combine, some some there's conversation around here. Like, how is it is it really now? It's a fan event. It's a lot of media. Obviously, it's like a media convention here. You get to kind of see everybody uh, at least once a year or twice a year if you go to the Super Bowl. And the question is becoming, you know, is this really needed anymore? And you talk to some folks from the teams and what they tell you is not really because to them, 90% of what they already think about a player is there. And it's all based on the tape. A 15-minute meeting, as, um, as we heard yesterday from various coaches and GMs, a 15-minute meeting is not going to change. You know, they're not going to walk out of a 15-minute and say, that's the guy. You know, <laughs> you're going to, yeah, you get to meet him face-to-face, but you already know from the tape and that's what matters. It's a game. And yes, you got to make sure that they don't have major character flaws because you're investing a lot of money in them. But at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Right. I think Tom Telesco said the 15 to 20 meeting, 20 minute meeting is nice. He used the word nice, yeah. but he said, you know, our our department, our scouting department has already done all the background work yeah. on these players. So it's more, I would say it's more of a confirmation of what they did their homework already. Already. Right. So they've already done the digging. So now they just get to meet the player in person to kind of match the background check with the person in real time. So mm-hmm. I, I I wouldn't say it's not needed. It is great for the fans because, like I said, it gets fans introduced to some of these players because, let's be honest, a lot of people don't know, wouldn't know these players if they walk by them in the street in the grocery store, right? <laughs> so this is this is the first introduction to, to, the, to the masses uh, for, the, for these a lot of these combine participants. So the teams have done their homework, but mm-hmm. it's great to get people involved on the outside to say this is such and such you know this is byron murphy the second this is jc lake this is what it looks like this is how he runs this is how he uh, moves yeah. right so i think it's important um for the product on the outside but the teams as you said for the most part they're still putting together their board there are certain things i think medicals are still important huge i think certain things that you can look at during some of these drills you may look back at the film and say oh i didn't notice that initially mm-hmm. maybe i need to look back at that there's some things that you confirmation that you check back on but for the most part these teams have done their homework well and i thought one of the interesting points he made yesterday too was because there was a question about him evaluating quarterbacks and 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 it was phrased in a way that was like hey well you know you had your quarterback there in la uh, but he made the point and he said, we evaluate every position every year, whether it's a needed position or not. Right. Yeah. So you, you always need to know what's going on in the league because you never know you're going to play that player. Number one. Number two, you never know when you might have an opportunity later on in their career to sign them or you have another job. You know, you, you just don't know. And I think that's important, too. And, and we've talked about 
those positions of need for the Raiders. And one of the positions of needs that we talked about that's not real high on the list, but still is there was at linebacker. You and I have talked about that for a year. And um, I just was downstairs and listened to Chris Braswell from Alabama, one of the top linebackers in the draft who met with the Raiders. So I'm going to play that, uh, that clip here for everybody. Here's Chris Braswell from Alabama. Yeah, I, I have met uh, the Raiders and whatnot. Yeah, it'd be great to go out there and play with guys like Zach and all those guys. Like they're all great pass rushers, great D lines, great D line coach, great system, great team. What was it like to get to uh, meet Antonio Pierce? Oh, it was great. You know, he, he's definitely a uh, team guy, uh, more like player related, like midterm is a very well, there you go. Just a quick clip there from Braswell. Obviously, he met with the Raiders already, uh, so that that's a that's a good sign. A heck of a player, by the way. Uh, but but it goes to show you that you have to do your due diligence. You have to meet with everybody position wise because you don't know. Mo, we talked about it with the quarterback. You don't know how the draft board's going to end up. You don't know what happens whether you trade up, trade down, or players that are on your board go earlier than you anticipated, and suddenly you find yourself in a position like, wow, the first four guys we want are gone. What do we do? Uh, and so that's why you, you talk to those guys and you get ready uh, so that you can you can make that choice uh, when the clock is on you. So um, interesting there. But I do think that uh, there's going to be a lot of names that you'll see uh, of, about the Raiders uh, meeting with. And you kind of be like, why are they meeting with this person? Why are they meeting? And it's it's all that it's all just about due diligence and getting to know all those players at, at all the positions because you don't know what's going to happen between now and draft day. Yeah, you. Like I said, I think for the most part, the team's draft boards are coming together or already, for the most part, put together. You know, you're slotting guys based on certain little things. Maybe you slot a guy two spots here, two spots there. But, you know, you're, you're just getting to know players and just kind of match the faces with the numbers. And, again, the background checks that you've done. And you go into the draft thinking, okay, what's plan? We know what plan A is, but we have to have a plan B, E, F, because trades happen. Mm -hmm. Guys get pulled off the board. You may move a guy off the board because of um, something with his medicals. You, you may have an interview. I know Tom Tusco said you don't learn much out of the 15 to 20 minutes, but there could be something there that you know didn't cross your path, didn't cross your radar before you interview with the person that, you, that may move him up or down the board. When it comes to quarterbacks, a lot of guys are on the whiteboard, so they're drawing up plays, and that may influence your decision on who you draft. I know I read that the Patriots, Chad Graff of The Athletic, uh, wrote that the Patriots, if they're not overly impressed with the quarterbacks of the combine, they may consider drafting Marvin Harrison the third, mm. um, Marvin Harrison the second with a third overall pick. So there are certain situations where the combine can um, influence you one way or another. Well, and it, it's interesting, too, because some of that chatter, as you know, and we talk about it as well, is there's a lot of uh, jockeying and positioning going on here, too, because even if you're the Patriots and you float that story out there, it could be because you just want that pick to be higher valued, right? I mean, it already is at number mm -hmm. three, of course, but if, if, if somebody thinks you're really going to take that, that player then now the Cardinals might be motivated to do something else or, or another team that wants a quarterback like the Raiders might be willing to do something else. So it's always fun to watch that. And, and it, it does change by the hour here when you're on the ground, you hear one thing and then it goes the other way. Uh, but, but we're going to talk about some of that when we come back to after the first break. Uh, about uh, what's happening here at the Combine and get some of your observations too. All right, you're listening to Silver and Black today. Scott Branson from the Combine and also Mo Moten here with you. We'll be back right after this.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, the Thursday edition, Scott Branson from the NFL Combine, along with my partner, Mo Moten. Make sure you follow Mo. He's the senior NFL writer up on Bleacher Report. Also, you can follow him on x.com at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and the show is SNB Today. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. Okay, Mo, so we're, we're starting to get all of this information and start to hear things about the free agency. We talked a little bit about running back. We talked about uh, the fact that, that Josh Jacobs – um, is is somebody that they feel like they want to make a priority. At least that's what Tom Telesco said. You look at the other the free agent news out there, big news on Chris Jones uh, with Kansas City. A lot of Raider fans clearly uh, would like to see him in the middle of the Raiders' defense. Uh, but, you know, every time a big name is mentioned, uh, you have to think about the trade-offs. When you look at that pool and you start to see some of the, these names popping out there, um, what 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 caught your eye in the last few days when it comes to free agency and and possibilities for Las Vegas? Well, there are names still entering the free agent market because teams, yep. you know, are releasing players or telling players that they intend to cut them before the new league year. But for me, I, when I I wrote the Bleacher Report article, basically ranked all the positions in free agency, I think it's imperative that the Raiders uh, look at some offensive tackles in the draft because, again, the offensive tackle position for agency isn't that deep. There's Michael Owenu, who I really like, who's played with the Patriots. Trent Brown is going to be a top name. We've already went down the Trent Brown road with the Raiders. Uh, But there's not much uh, in terms of depth there. So this is why I said on X Tuesday that I think if it's not a quarterback for the Raiders at 13. I think it's going to be an offensive lineman, specifically a, a you know a tackle who's going to play on the right side opposite Colton Miller. What I will say, I think there's a strong possibility that the Raiders dress the cornerback position in free agency. And a lot of fans want to see wow. Jerry Sneed play for the Raiders, but apparently that, that may not happen because the Chiefs are going to push to keep him as well as Chris Jones. We'll see if they're able to keep them both. We don't know. But I think the Raiders are going to address the cornerback position in free agency because there is a little more depth at cornerback, in my Huge. opinion, than Huge. there is at offensive tackle and, and interior offensive line. So two positions that I would look at for the Raiders in free agency. Tom Telesco did say on Tuesday that because it's a first-year staff, he's going to have to lean on free agency a little bit more than he's you know accustomed mm-hmm. to. So mm-hmm. just pay attention to those words. I know, as I said, GMs don't really say much, give you much, but that stood out to me that, the Raiders are going to be very active in free agency. It may not be big contracts, but they may have some value there where they're just filling some spots because they're a new staff coming in. Yeah, and we will we'll get into a little more detail uh, in the next episode or so, talking about that that 
cornerback free agent market. It's huge. There's a, there's there's a lot of good names out there uh, that that I think are available. And to your point, I think the Raiders are definitely leading them in. And 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 we go back to the, the the top of the draft. Depending what happens at the top of the draft, if they don't get a quarterback and they go offensive lineman, do they go quarterback second round or do they go cornerback second round? There's all sorts of scenarios there. But but uh, I agree on that. I mean, the, the the fact that they can go into free agency and address most of those positions, like you said, some of them you can't. Uh, defensive tackle has not been a position that they've drafted well. That was a different regime, so I'm not going to blame the guys that are there now. So so we can't go on past uh, performance because it wouldn't be indicative of what Tom Telesco's done. What he did in Los Angeles, you can get a little sense there. And uh, he had some good players that he drafted, obviously, clearly in L.A., uh, but he he's always been a guy who's willing to add a player from the outside, and they'll have to do that. Also, uh, for your your buddies in New York, uh, we heard Tom Telesco also shoot down the Devontae Adams trade rumors, and they weren't even rumors. They were just wishful thinking by some New York media and some folks Thank goodness. Uh, in, in the fan groups. But uh, listen, you know, it, it, they're not looking to trade him. If, if he wanted to be traded, different story. And that and who knows? That could happen if the Raiders, if he's not happy with what the Raiders do in the offseason. Who knows? But I don't think so. Clearly, we know, though, from what Tom Telesco said here at the Combine, uh, he ain't going anywhere. That was the one thing he was really direct about, right, Scott? Yes. And there's a lot of GM speak, but he clearly said, we're not interested in trading Devontae Adams. And it didn't take a grand wizard to figure that out. Right. fighting this battle with Jets fans for probably yeah. three, four months. Shout out to my boy. Shout out to my guy, Boy Green. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> we, do it, we do it in jest, but there were some Jets fans who were really believing Javante Adams is going to be in, in Green's next season. Yeah. And I'm like, pause, pump the brakes a bit. Let's remember that Javante Adams is one of the biggest supporters to keep Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce retains his job, removes the interim label. On top of that, he's a leader in the locker room. On top of that, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. And on top of that, I've been saying this since December. Look at Bryce Young and what's going on in Carolina. Carolina Panthers moved up for Bryce Young, but they gave up their top wide receiver to get him. And mm. now people are thinking Bryce Young is a bust. But what did he have around him? His best wide receiver was 33-year-old Adam Thielen. <laughs> you don't want to go down that route with a, with no. a rookie quarterback. You want to have a, a, a go-to pass catcher if you're going to have mm -hmm. a rookie quarterback or even just an inexperienced quarterback under center. You want to have your best playmaker there. And I think I've been shooting down these rumors. I know I can't do it officially because I'm not part of the Raiders, but I've been saying all along it never made any sense for the Raiders' Devontae Adams. And I'm glad Tom Tesco finally set, came out and said, we're not trading Devontae Adams, which I was like, duh, why would they? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, Mo, in addition to his obvious talent and, and what he means to the to the Raiders offense from that perspective, remember, too, they're, they're uncertain about Josh Jacobs. If he comes back, great. If he doesn't, fine, whatever. But Devontae Adams is also a huge leader. He is, the, you know, if, if, especially if Jacobs was gone, they're both good leaders in the in the locker room. But if you lose one of them and then you go out and get a young quarterback, and even, even if Aiden O'Connell won the job, um, he's still young. And so you need that veteran leadership in that offensive locker room and in that huddle. And that's what Devonta Adams brings to. I think that's what people forget. I mean, ESPN even did a mock draft where they had him trading and then the Raiders drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm like, what do you, what, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever just because of money. And it's like, clearly you're not watching and, and seeing what the salary cap situation is for the Raiders <laughs> recently helped by Jimmy Garoppolo's, uh, desire to take the wrong meds. So, so yeah. So I think that you look at that situation and you say, okay, you know, there's, 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 we can put this one to bed and not worry about it. We've heard it the last two years. Um, and of course, 
Devontae last year was a little more vocal about some of the things he wasn't necessarily excited about. That was a different coach, different GM. Uh, it seems like he's in a really good place now. Right, and I think that's part of it is, is the people who were projecting Devontae has to be traded on the outside as far as like media outlets. They, mm-hmm. I don't think they were following the Raiders very closely or what Devontae Adams his mood has been since interior Pierce took over. Now, if Daniels was still the head coach, I would say, yeah, there's a possibility Devontae Adams could be traded because he may not be happy. Yeah. But once the Raiders hired Antonio Pierce, brought in Luke Getze, who worked with Devontae Adams in Green Bay, I felt like it was not a not a foregone conclusion, but I think it was more likely that there's no way they trade him and get rid of a, a big portion of their leadership, their best wide receiver. And oh, by the way, it's not really financially advantageous for the Raiders to trade Devonta Adams right now because they're right. a significant amount of dead cat money that they would have to hold on to. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see, we'll see how that all nets out as far as uh, if it, if it quiets down now, uh, although the Raiders making news again, primarily because there are some outlets who are not very positive about the Raiders, whether it's the coaching situation, whether it's the player situation, whether it's uh, where they sit in the draft, um, I think that people know that Raiders content gets people fired up. So for all of you out there, Raider Nation, you're responding to it. And so they, they keep doing it. Uh, and, and, and we're seeing that, too. And of course, you know, look, I, I, I look at it from this perspective. I mean, the Raiders are a really intriguing team because they seem to be close to that that playoff push that they could get in the playoffs. They won eight games last year after a, a horrific start. So you look at that and you say, OK, there's something to like there. But then Again, the big question mark at quarterback, that's a tough one. I think people are looking at that, and until they see an answer, it's going to be hard to see some more, I think, positivity come out of uh, the folks that report on the league until, until they see what, what the Raiders are doing and see, see what Tom Telesco does, right? you got a free agencies coming in the next couple of weeks. So all these moves, then you'll get a better sense for where things are going, and I think people will do. Not that it matters all that much, but I, I explain that more so people understand why there's negativity because of – uh, obviously, the history. So Tom Telesco was very complimentary of Aiden O'Connell, praising mm-hmm. for taking over and and basically leading an offense with a new, new offensive play caller yeah. after a coach in the middle of the season. Played well, played well in the last leg of the year. Was part of that blowout against Tom Telesco's former Chargers <laughs> team, and so he he had a front row seat or. Or he had he was able to see how well Aiden O'Connell was able to recover and and finish the season strong. So he's very, you know, he praised him. But you could kind of tell that the Raiders know that they still need at least at the very least Aiden O'Connell needs viable competition for that starting job. They're not going to hand, hand the starting job to Aiden. O'Connell. They have to find some answers or some possible other solutions at the quarterback position. And that goes to your point that why people are still skeptical about whether the Raiders can take the jump because. It is a it is a quarterback league. You can have a you can have a great offensive line. You can have this all star run this Pro Bowl mm-hmm. running back, this all pro wide receiver. But if your quarterback cannot consistently get your football team down the field, you're gonna most for the most part you'd be stuck in mediocrity. And I'm not yeah. saying that's a O'Connell, but you have to have multiple options just to challenge and make yeah. sure that there's some growth in the offseason for them. Correct. And I think that you, you look at it and I know some people uh, on our on our chat board have been sort of like, well, why are you guys so against Aiden O'Connell? It's not we're against Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell's a good kid. He's a good backup quarterback. But I think the, the, he's talking to people here who are in scouting, talking to people who cover the league, who have much more football background than I do, all have the same view. That does not mean that you have to like it. 
but I, I think it's they understand the limitations. It's not that he's not a good kid, good quarterback. It's just he has his limitations, and that will limit your team. Uh, if you had the the offensive line from the New England Patriots during their reign, okay, then maybe you get a little. But even then, the league has changed so much. You still got to win from the pocket, Mo, but you have to be able to move and create from the pocket too. And if the Raiders can't do that, it doesn't matter who's at wide receiver. It doesn't matter who's at running back. If you can't do that, and again, I, I, I'm getting in discussions with people and they're saying, well, we don't necessarily have to get a quarterback in the first round. And I said, well, if you look at the playoffs this year, the NFL playoffs, all but one of those quarterbacks was taken in the first round. We hear a lot about how, well, it's never a guarantee. 60% of them don't make it or 60% make 40. But I look at the playoffs this year and all but one of them was a first round draft pick. I'm not saying in the top three, like Mahomes was a number 10 pick, but they're all first round quarterbacks. The NFL knows and being around the folks here from teams around the league, everybody says the same thing. So whether you agree or not, that's the prevailing thought. Well, Scott, what is the what is the hit rate of quarterbacks in the second round? It's not yeah. as good as hit rates in the quarterbacks <laughs> in the first round. So if you're Thank if you. you're if you're bristling over well, quarterbacks, this percentage don't make it when you trade up or when you draft them in, in the first round or top ten. What is the hit rate of quarterbacks drafted in the second round that lead their team to the playoffs? I mean, yeah. you you can mention Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr became a starter for the Raiders but didn't win a yeah. playoff game. But how many other second, third round guys? Are winning Super Bowls. Also, Wilson comes to mind, but compare mm-hmm. that to the number of first round guys Correct. who get their team to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. The numbers are are overwhelmingly leaning to the first round. Right. And that's where that's why I use that number from the playoffs this year, because it, you can't argue with that. I mean, look who's there, right? Again, they don't always win in the playoffs, they don't always win a Super Bowl. Uh, but then, you know, for the people who say, yeah, but Tom Brady was taken in the sixth round. It's like, yes, but how many six-round quarterbacks won a Super Bowl? None, except for him. So there you go. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's another one. Somebody will tell me if I am. But I, I, I think that you have to look at that. And this is why, again, the Raiders, with, with the needs they have, that's the first thing they need to address. And I will respectfully tell you you're wrong if you say anything else because that's, that's how you win in the NFL. You need everything else, Mo, right? It's not that they don't need to build the roster, but you can you – can, trade up give away or should say give up capital to get that quarterback let's say to get up to number three that does not mean you can't fill those other spots i.e like you talked about via free agency or through the draft as well what i will say is that and i want to be clear when i say this Mm -hmm. if aiden o'connell he he deserves to be in competition for the starting job if he wins the starting job so be it that means that he's made you know great leaps during the Mm offseason and improvements Mm -hmm. over time and he could he could start, right? But I'm not handing him the starting job. Is my is my Correct. point? Because I think people are misconstruing that we don't think Aiden O'Connell will be anything other than a backup ever. And I think right now he's a backup caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. But but he hasn't done enough to prove that he's a, a surefire starter franchise guy yet. And until you find that franchise guy, you bring in competition to, to have the best best quarterback win the job and start week one of the season. Right. And when I talk about that, a lot of folks are always like, well, he didn't throw an interception his last four games. It doesn't matter. If you watch the numbers and you watch the film and what he did, um, num- you can you can do whatever you want with him. I can make cases for him and cases against him. Uh, but to your point, I think that he gets the opportunity to go in and, and try to earn the job. And you want that just like every position. 
you want competition. And at quarterback, especially because it's the most important position on the field. So he'll be in the mix there. And then whoever the other two quarterbacks, because they will have to bring in two other quarterbacks, will be uh, that that'll do. And to your point, if, if the coaching staff believes, if Luke Getze, if Antonio Pierce believe that he's the best quarterback they have heading into the season, then he'll start. Uh, if he's not, then it'll be somebody else. So that's what uh, that's what they get paid for. We don't get paid to do that. We get to pontificate about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, they get to make the choice. And thank God for that, because they know more about football than we do. So Scott, really uh, quick. Yeah. I, I, well, and I'm not trying to poke holes in Aiden O'Connell's performance, but I, I hear yeah. a lot of people say, well, he had about you know eight touchdown passes, zero interceptions the last four games. In two of those four games, he didn't complete 60% of his passes, though. Correct. If you're gonna if you're gonna point That's out his I mean. stats, tell the whole story, give the whole right. context of his numbers, not just the numbers that support your argument. Right. And we go back to the game where he, uh, the Chiefs game, where he didn't have a completion after the first quarter. Right. Uh, and so that's that's a big deal in the NFL. Like you, you, you. Yes, people have bad games. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but when you're a rookie and you're trying to earn a sp- position and you're looking for your quarterback of the future from a franchise perspective, uh, those are red flags. And when you see those things happen, uh, you have to take them uh, and, and, and consider them as you move forward. So that's where they're at. Um, but we'll 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 see uh, at the quarterback position what happens, Mo, because uh, that's going to be the until until we figure out what's going to draft now. They could if they if they go out and they sign a free agent, if they go get a Gardner Minshew or somebody like that, then we'll have a little bit of our answer early, uh, and and then we'll start to say, well, if they went out, because I, I I still think if they do that, Mo, if they brought him in, unless it was a like Russell Wilson, which I still don't think is going to happen, but if if it was if it's somebody like Minshew or Brissett or somebody like that, that doesn't tell me that they're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. In fact, it it, it almost confirms it versus if they were going to go get a a frontline starter like a Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying they're going to pay for that. But if they did that, then you're like, well, wait a minute. Now they're not focused on the young quarterback. They're focused on a guy who's going to come in and do it right away. So so I think that we'll we'll know more about their plan, but we won't know about the draft until that day. Right, and I agree with you there. If it's Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson, those guys expect to be stars wherever they go. So you're probably rolling with one of those two guys for at least one, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. And and then you're, I don't want to say kicking the quarterback can down the road when it comes to the draft, but you, you're not as worried about the position, you know, before those guys are signing. Now, if they go, as you said, with Brissett, you know, then you're probably like, okay, this is definitely a bridge gap guy. He's not the frame. He's not going to be the franchise guy. No, he's going to no. compete with Aiden O'Connell, but the Raiders will probably then draft a rookie to think, to then compete with whoever they sign as a bridge gap and Aiden O'Connell. And as I said a few minutes ago, made the best quarterback win a quarterback battle at training camp. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about quarterbacks next week. We're going to bring Chrissy Freud back on. We'll get her impressions of the quarterbacks that did throw and work out here at the combine and see if any of them pop uh, and, and there'll be good discussion for us. But the quarterback conversation is going to go on. We'll see how it all unwraps. But uh, we're going to wrap up this show early today because Mo and I both have combine work to do. Uh, but we will get back to you and we will do mailbag next week. So if you called in this week, uh, I, the, from, from the calls that I saw, they pretty much can carry over. So we'll get you on next week. We'll have a, a longer segment there, or maybe even two depending how you guys get excited about that stuff. So we'll, we'll see what goes on there. But Mo, I know you're covering the combine for Bleacher Report as I am as well. What do you got coming the rest of the week that you need to tell folks about? Biggest draft questions uh, before the workouts start Thursday. So while the guys are at the podium now, the workouts on the field televised to everyone won't start until Thursday. I'll have the biggest draft questions that teams are still wrestling with that they may still be uh 
coming to terms with or deciding factors, moving around their draft boards. I, I'll say, you know, okay, this team, what's the biggest question here? And what are the possible solutions? You know, mm -hmm. what do I think the Bears are going to do? Uh, are the Raiders really going to move up for a quarterback in the draft? I'll have my opinions on that. What, what will the Chargers do? I know this is a Raider podcast, but it's important to keep tabs on the enemy <laughs> as well and figure out, okay, where are the Chargers headed with their new regime with Jim Harbaugh leading the way over there as the, as the head coach of that squad? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Division two, I spent, uh, I spent part of yesterday listening to Sean Payton from the Broncos who, boy, I got to tell you, man, there's, there's definitely some self-love going on there. Uh, he, he really uh, thinks thinks highly of himself. I'll put it that way. It, it kind of drips off. It's pretty remarkable. I had, I had uh, our good friend Benjamin Albright from KOA was there. I finally got to meet him in person. And um, we were talking about that, too, because he, he told me last year, you know, what it was like to interact with coach and and certainly was on. But the amazing thing was, Mo, I couldn't believe it. he should run for Senate because there was a question about quarterback, of course, because the whole Russell Wilson thing. And everybody knows they're going to release Russell Wilson unless somebody's will trade for him, which is highly doubtful, but nonetheless. Um, and so he gave a four and a half minute. And now these sessions are about 10 to 15 minutes long for, for all the questions for these coaches and GMs. He went on four and a half minutes talking about quarterbacks and, and weaving into how quarterbacks and their size matter. It was basically like a, yeah, Russell Wilson's too small. I mean, that's what I was taken away from it. It was so crazy. Uh, but, uh, but he filibustered. So it was, it was remarkable uh, to see all that kind of stuff going on, but we'll, we'll bring you more uh, from, from the combine next week. I'll bring you some of my, my insights and, and what else we're able to, to find out here. Uh, but we will, we'll be back early next week with that. And then uh, we'll start to talk about free agency. We might even hear about some moves. There's a lot of deals that happen here at the combine. And then, then once you get out of the combine, they start leaking out, even though they can't become official until the 14th. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll bring you all of that uh, very soon. Mo, enjoy covering the rest of the combine. And I will enjoy walking down the hallways and people asking me, where's Mo? Where's Mo? Where's Mo? Where's Mo? <laughs> the, the modern version of where's Waldo now all of a sudden. Uh, yes. give, give everyone my, my best wishes and hellos to the people that you uh, bump into. Who, you know, who you might see there at the combine. I'm sure you, you've told me on, on text how many people you've run into already. Yep. So again, um, a lot of people looking for me out there. <laughs> Never know when you might bump into me. I will say that, I, but I am I, not I, at the combo. I know, and I, I told I told our friend Q Myers. I said, you know, if, if Mo had or, if only had been here, we could walk around as the Raider Oreo, like you on one side, him on the oh, other side. Oh my goodness! And me in the middle. I mean, you know, hey, I try try to keep it light. <laughs> a lot of serious business going on here with this football. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, right, I have everyone. a friend. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Scott, I have a friend in yeah. Indiana who says if you're if if you are interested in donating blood, stop by the blood drive out there and donate blood because uh, people need it. I was told blood. to give that message. Blood drive. Okay, so your friend in Indianapolis, um, where is the blood drive? Is it is it near where I'm at? Like I can go give my blood. I have to find out uh, where okay. she is right now, but okay. uh, she, you know, different every day. She's in a different area. Okay. In Indiana. And I think That's she good. was not far from you on Tuesday. So she was like, tell them to come by and donate some blood. We need some As blood. long as she gives me a glass of orange juice and a cookie, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs>
you know how they do that when you get blood, right? Right. It, it'll be right. fun. So, uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. Maybe maybe I'll just I'll I'll go down there into the into the combine workout room and just get a bunch of those big dudes. Hey, you guys have more blood, don't you? Have a lot of blood. <laughs> you know what? You can get blood before your workout. It won't it won't hamper your workout at all. Oh, I'll man. find out her whereabouts and pass that along. Pass that information along to you. That sounds good. I appreciate it, my friend. Take care of yourself. All right, everybody. Uh, from the Combine, this is Scott Colbranson, of course, uh, Silver and Black today. want to thank Mo for uh, for putting up with me because I was late in us getting this, this episode recorded because no of some assignments we had. But uh, we appreciate you guys all being with us. A little bit different format than usual. Uh, but that's what happens when you're on location. And I don't even know. Like, this internet hold, is holding up. Thank goodness. But we don't know, but uh, we appreciate it. We also appreciate our producer, Mike Rabier, and everybody at Odyssey Sports uh, for being there and appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button plus the notifications bell and that thumbs up. We appreciate it. For Mo, I'm Scott, and we will talk to you next week here on Silver and Black Today. Take care, everybody.